Before I begin the sermon today, last week after our service, we handed out a spiritual gifts inventory. I hope that those of you who took that uh, home, that you've, you've gone through and answered the questions and evaluated your spiritual gifts. If you had did not receive a copy of that, then please see me after the service and we'll make sure you get one. But I do want to encourage you to take that because uh, not today, because we have a lot of people who've been out. I know some people who took it home haven't had a chance to take it yet. I encourage you to take that. It's a self-evaluation. It's not perfect, but it's a pretty good evaluation of what your spiritual gifts might be. And then in the weeks ahead, I want to double back a little bit and talk about that spiritual gift assessment, your giftedness, and what that means in terms of the church. Because uh, the, the scripture is very clear that we are given gifts of the Holy Spirit for the sake of the body, which is the church. And we'll talk about that again. But whereas the last sermon of series I did were on the gifts of the Spirit, and we'll be coming back to that, as I say, at one point, we today want to talk about something that is slightly different. In fact, it's something sometimes people confuse. While the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given to every person, one or more gifts are given to every person that is a Christian in order to enable them to serve others in the body of Christ, it is not everything that God wants for us. It is not everything that God wants to give us or that he expects from us, the use of those gifts. God also wants and expects that every one of us will become more like Jesus as we grow in our Christian faith, that we will be more Christ-like, that we will reflect the character of Jesus in our lives and therefore become more holy. The process of becoming more holy is called sanctification in theological terms. It's very simply, uh, it comes from the word sanctus, which in Latin means holy. So to be sanctified means to become more holy, more like Christ. God wants every one of us as Christians to enter into a sanctification process with him so that he can begin to mold and shape and transform us into the image of his son Jesus. He wants us to have better and more holy lives, to be better and more holy people. He wants to transform us by the renewing of our minds and the transforming of our lives. Now this is not something that you can do for yourself or by yourself. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit that the process of sanctification happens with you, with you and in you. But you are not passive in all of this. You have to be willing to work in cooperation with the Holy Spirit once he begins to start the sanctification process in you. And when we talk about sanctification becoming more holy, we are talking about the reflection of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, the nine fruit of the Holy Spirit. There are gifts of the Holy Spirit, which we've been talking about. Today we're talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. God has specifically spelled out nine qualities that come to us as Christians directly from the Holy Spirit. And those nine qualities, along with the negative alternatives that we're supposed to turn away from, are laid out for us in the fifth chapter of the book of Galatians, specifically Galatians 5, 16 to 25, and I want us to look at that right now. Hear now this, which is the word of the Lord. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, 
idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. May God add his blessing to this reading of his word. There's a very clear delineation here, first off, between how we are when we are in the flesh, without Jesus Christ and without the presence of the Holy Spirit in us, and then how we are when we accept Jesus Christ, when we are in Him and are being made holy by the Spirit of God. In the flesh, we are addicted to all manner of evil, and this truly is a horrendous list. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. I would ask for a show of hands, but that probably wouldn't be helpful at this point. The alternative to this gruesome list is for us to allow the Holy Spirit to change us, to take us away from those fleshly desires and practices so that we might take on the nine fruit of the Holy Spirit that are mentioned here. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are qualities of the very nature of God himself. And every Christian should do the best they can to work with the Holy Spirit in getting all nine of these fruits working in their lives and personalities. You see, with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, a Christian may receive one or more than one gifts depending upon the needs of the body and how God wants them to serve. But Paul says that no one has all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But with the fruit of the Spirit... God desires for us to have all nine of these and to have them expressed actively in our lives. In this passage, we notice that Spirit, the Spirit that provides these, is with a capital S, which means these nine fruits are coming directly from the Holy Spirit, not from ourselves. These are not things that we can drum up inside ourselves in order for them to express who we are. These come from the Holy Spirit, and that means that God's love God's peace, God's joy, God's goodness, and so on, are embedded in us by the Holy Spirit. They are the divine attributes of God and the personality qualities of God that will begin to take root as part of our personality if we will allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. Now think about the ramifications of that. God the Father himself is allowing us to share in part of his divine nature by allowing his Holy Spirit to transmit and impart these nine divine qualities into our soul and into our personality. That is why God the Father is specific in telling us in this verse that these nine fruits are coming directly from his Holy Spirit so that we can fully appreciate the significance of this experience that God is giving us aspects of his own character and nature. Such a gift. 
And God the Father really wants to work each one of these nine fruits into every one of your lives, every one of our lives as Christians. These gifts of the Holy Spirit are all very powerful. They not only have the ability to transform you and sanctify you to make you more holy, they also have the ability through you to touch other people, to help to bring sanctification to other people in your lives. Nothing will do more to draw non-believers and believers alike to the Lord than a truly sanctified saint of the Lord who is walking and operating in all nine of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're willing to allow the Holy Spirit to work and transmit these nine fruits into your life, you will then become a light that quite literally radiates the presence and nature of God himself. And this is what people are attracted to. I firmly believe that none of us have any real idea how many people we might be able to save, to touch, to witness to, to help disciple if we simply will allow these gifts to operate through us. These fruits will give us a credibility with other people that no degree or title or experience could ever give us. The sanctification process is the ultimate highest aim and goal with God for our lives. It is the thing, it's the reason why we were left here after we accept Jesus, that we didn't just get sort of vacuum tubed up to heaven the minute we said yes to Jesus Christ. We were left here in order to become more holy, to reflect the nature of God in our world to those that we come in contact with, and ourselves to become more like Jesus in preparation for the time we would spend with him in eternity. For those of you who are not afraid to let God begin this process of more deeply sanctifying you, that are willing to keep these nine fruits of the Holy Spirit in front of you, you can begin to see them expressed in your life. God desires that for you. And then you may work very closely with the Holy Spirit once he starts to manifest these fruits in your personality in order to reflect the grace of Jesus in your life. These fruits come directly from God through the Holy Spirit. They will be his love, his goodness, his joy, and his peace that start to flow through you. But you still have to take part in this. This cannot happen without your willingness God does not force anyone to do anything. Once these divine attributes are offered to you by the Holy Spirit, you must be willing to accept them and to begin to walk in them. The sanctification process is a two-way street. God is more than willing and anxious to do His part. But we have to be willing to do our part. And our part is to learn what changes God wishes for us to make in ourselves how he wants us to demonstrate the fruit that he is offering to us in our lives, and then to start to live and walk and operate in those specific changes once the Holy Spirit starts the supernatural sanctifying process in us. I'm sure you've all seen the little wristbands that people wear that say WWJD. It stands for What Would Jesus Do? And although it's been derided a lot by people, I really like that because in effect, that's what it means to allow the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be manifest through you. It's a matter of becoming more like Jesus so that in every circumstance you say, what would Jesus do? How can I reflect the love of Jesus, the peace of Jesus, the gentleness of Jesus, the self-control of Jesus? 
That is what we're called on to do, and that's the part that we need to play. We must look for ways to show forth God's love, His joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and all the rest in our lives. That part God will not do for us. He will not force that on us. It's like when Jesus was walking on the water toward the boat with the apostles, and he identified himself, and Peter desired to go out and join him. And Jesus said, come to me. He gave Peter the power to walk on water as he did. But Peter still had to be willing to get out of the boat and start walking toward Jesus. He would not have experienced that supernatural power had he not been willing to take that step forward. But when he did, he experienced the power of God allowing him to quite literally walk on water. Of course, his humanity came into it very quickly after that, and he realized how scary it was, and he began to lose faith. But the point is that the offer was made for a power from God, and he had to accept it in order to have it work for him. The same thing is true in the process of sanctification in our lives. God, through the Holy Spirit, will give every one of us the opportunity to change, to transform, to be sanctified. But we have to be willing to live and walk in that power before it can really start to change us and make us more like Jesus. Scripture is very clear in telling us that Jesus is coming back. And it also says that he is coming back for a bride and that that bride is to be without spot or blemish. We are to be a holy bride to Jesus who is the bridegroom. And so he now is calling us, his church, to clean up our act to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to deeply sanctify us in preparation for the wedding feast of the bride who is Jesus, or the bridegroom who is Jesus, rather. But the choice is up to each one of us, to every individual believer. God will not force himself. He will not make you do anything. He will respect your free will. He gives instructions and the promises of blessing to us if we will obey But the process of sanctification requires that we accept it. So those who decide to enter into the sanctification process with the Lord must realize this also doesn't occur overnight. You don't go to bed living in all the fleshly realm that is described in Galatians 5 and wake up the next morning and all of a sudden you are reflecting all of the wonderful, holy aspects of God's nature. It does require some time. I'm sure God could do it that way if he chose, but he he expects us to work with him in the process. The Holy Spirit will actually set the pace. You can perfectly trust him to handle each one of the areas in your life that he wants to address with the fruit of the Spirit. And though that can sometimes be painful, none of us, after all, likes to admit it when we are not completely adequate, when something in us needs to be changed, the Holy Spirit will guide us in a loving way. And I guarantee you, my brothers and sisters, as you allow the Holy Spirit to manifest these fruit in your life, your life will be changed for the better. Now, next week, we will talk about, again, the gifts of the Spirit, because I want to talk about how that applies to the church. But we will come back and deal especially with the fruit of the Spirit, and the most foundational of all the fruit, the one that is listed first, which is the fruit of love. Be sure you come back and join us for that next week. Amen.